Hey everyone, welcome back to the Now That We're a Family podcast. In today's episode, Katie and I interview Katie's father. So my father-in-law, Chad Johnson, was kind enough to be a guest on, on our podcast. Many of you have already heard from Chad in episode 10 when we interviewed Chad and his wife, Janice, Katie's mommy and daddy. And I know we, we've gotten some great feedback from that episode, so I'm sure you folks will enjoy this episode of Just Chad. Uh, we're really excited about the timing of this episode because, it, what, what is it, it's August right now. Uh, but coming up here the first weekend in October, Chad is going to be hosting uh, his annual event that has been so transforming in my, my life. I cannot tell you how excited I am to go be a part of his event once again this year. It's, it's a three-day event, or it's, it's like a Friday, Saturday, Sunday type situation. It's going to be happening in Bend, Oregon, and uh, you can go to theacademy.com. The event is called The Academy. Uh, it's kind of a funny little play on words because his name's Chad. And so basically, it's theacademy.com. So it's like the academy, only there's an H after the C. So theacademy.com. And you can find all the details for this event that's happening the first weekend in October 2019. It's going to be in Bend, Oregon. Um, and I just, I'm going to be there. I'm so excited. Katie will be there as well. She's not going to be participating because it's like a men's event, but she'll be there hanging out with her family as well. And um, I don't know. I'm excited. Katie's excited. And I think that any men, really, especially men that are in kind of a close season of life that not to what I'm in right now, where you're a husband, a father of young children, wanting to grow in your faith, in your marriage, in your parenting, in your profession, this is just like the ultimate event to go to. So go to theacademy.com to check it out. And, uh, and I hope you folks enjoy this podcast. Actually, while I'm still talking, because here I am still talking, uh, while I'm still talking, if you do enjoy this podcast, any of our episodes, or this episode in particular, we, Katie and I would love it. Wouldn't we love it, Katie? We would love it. I'm here too, guys. Yeah. We would love <laughs> it if you left a rating or a review. Uh, and if you, if you do, we just love reading your reviews. We love seeing the ratings. And also, if you have the time to... Like if you like this episode, for instance, you can share it on like social media. You could share it on Instagram or um, you could take like a screenshot and share it on Facebook. That always means so much to Katie and I. The possibilities are endless. I don't know if they're endless, but there's many of them. <laughs> we just named a few. Yeah. Right on, folks. Okay, we'll get this thing going. Hey, I'm Elisha Vopert. And I'm his wife, Katie. Katie and I both grew up in big families that were fun, impactful, and relationship-rich. Now that we're a family of our own with two young children and our third on the way, there's nothing that excites us more than seeing what God can do through the family unit. We're so excited as you're joining us on this podcast as we dive into what the Bible says about marriage, children, parenting, money, sex, careers, roles, and so much more. Katie, are you ready? Let's go! Well, here we are, the Now That We're a Family podcast, and this is the first. This is a first for us, Katie. Yeah, it is. What is this? Well, this is the first interview we're doing that is not in person. That's right. Yeah, so we're kind of we're more dependent on technology in this interview than ever before. 
Yeah, which is nerve-wracking. It, it is a little nerve-wracking. I'm really hoping you guys actually get to listen to this. Yeah, because interviews are only good if you can hear the person being interviewed. Yeah. Otherwise, it's just open-ended questions. Yeah, okay. and this time, too, we're recording in Elisha's office. You're right. That's a new thing as well. But enough, enough about this. People, <laughs> I know that I want to hear from the person that we're interviewing today, and I know that our listeners are going to want to hear from this gentleman as well. Katie, can you do the honor of introducing our guest today? Yes, I'm so excited to have my daddy, Chad Johnson, here on the podcast today. I cannot think of any man I would rather hear from and have you guys hearing from on this podcast. Yes. Just daddy's been probably the biggest influence in my life with along with mommy. And I don't know, I'm just so, so indebted to him for so many mindsets. My faith, he really helped develop and my relationships with my siblings. He guarded my heart until he, I was able to hand it off to Elisha. And I just am so, so grateful for my father. And I think especially in this culture that we live in, where having a healthy relationship with your father is so rare. I just treasure that friendship that I have with my daddy more and more and more. So I'm really excited that you guys get to hear from him today. That's right. And so without further ado, Chad Johnson, hello. Hello, hello. So good to be on here with you too. I'm just excited. To, I can't believe I'm on here with you. I'm really excited. Yeah, this is fun for us as well. And I'd love for our listeners to be able to hear a little bit about who you are. And, uh, you know, in episode 10, 10, we were able to interview you and, and Katie's mother, your wife, Janice, and we've gotten so many positive uh, reviews and such positive feedback based off of that episode. Mm -hmm. So I'm sure many of our listeners are, are already familiar a little bit with you, but for those that you know, don't know who you are and for those that don't know much about you, uh, could you give us maybe a quick origin story? You know, Who is Chad Johnson and where are you at right now with your life? You know what? I am just so grateful to be a child of the living God. I was born into a wonderful Christian home. I was third of eight children, uh, godly parents that poured into me in a way that is just far beyond uh, something I could ever ask for. And God raised me up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord in that home, married my wife 26 years ago uh, on August 15th. We celebrate 26 years. Wow. And can you believe that? It's unbelievable. So and he blessed us with 11 children of whom Katie or Catherine Joy is the oldest. And then he brought into our life Elisha uh, a little over three and a half or well, three and a half years ago, I believe, in the marriage relationship with Katie. And through you guys, our three only grandchildren mm -hmm. um, have come through you guys. And anyways, Kyla, our second's married and the other remaining nine are single all, all the way ages from 21 down to age seven. But, um, you know, I, I have the direct uh, joy and privilege of being a, a husband, a father, a, uh, a, I think a person of ministry and marketplace. I love business. I love being involved in business. I'm an entrepreneur and I also get to coach business owners, but my heart has always been to see people free in the power of the gospel and doing the thing that God has created them to do, whether it's uh, serve him in ministry or in the marketplace, but it's all about his kingdom being built. So those are the things I'm involved in. And again, just thank you again for the opportunity to be back here with you too. It's a delight. 
Absolutely. You're kind of a legend on our podcast. I was just thinking of this as you were introducing yourself because I don't know how often we say on this podcast, we got this from Katie's dad, (laughs) Chad Johnson. And so many of the mindsets or concepts or things that we share are actually directly from you. We're just passing them on. You know what? It's so humbling to be on here with you guys. And, and I just know, Elisha, I have so much respect for your father. And I think you two have both come from a very interesting place. The Lord has blessed you with families that love you and have poured into you guys. And to hear you guys sharing this message to a new generation of young couples and families just thrills you, thrills mommy and I. It's so fun for us to listen to you two and to say, wow, and to get insights on top of the the things that we have known in your world, you guys have just, it's been such a blessing. So it's a treat to be here. Awesome. That's cool to hear. So you're in this position of being a husband of 26 years. You've got 11 children. You're entering this season of grandfatherhood, you know, where you yes. have grandchildren. And a big part of your, I guess, your, your job is, or one of your jobs, I should say, is that you coach entrepreneurs and you're able to coach highly successful entrepreneurs. And with kind of all those things that I just mentioned, when you're able to step back through the, and look through the lens of wanting to build up marriages, wanting to build up uh, people that are in the faith, wanting to build up entrepreneurs and men. Uh, and I'm, I'm asking this question from a pretty selfish standpoint because I'm asking it, I'm asking the question, if you look at somebody in my stage of life, you know, mm. I'm, I'm in my first five years of marriage, mm. um, but, you know, maybe in their first five or 10 years of marriage, their first one or two children, mm. but yet I want to be able to have impact, not just in my marriage. I want to be, ha- be able to have a thriving relationship with my Lord and Savior. Mm. And then, like you said, you want to be an effective father and a, a professional out in the marketplace and have impact there. When you step back, and again, those were a lot of things, but what <laughs> is something you know, that you ponder and think to yourself, man, I, I just am making this observation and something that you'd want to speak to regarding somebody in my position. It's such a good question, Elisha. And for me, a framework that the Lord gave me early in my life, right? Even prior to being married, but early on in our marriage, uh, Janice and I, was something I call my giant five. And you've, you've talked about some of this, maybe on your podcast, It's something that's so real, but having this awareness that there are priorities in a man's life and we get to choose what they are. And I believe scripture lays out that our relationship with the Lord is number one, first and foremost. And if we're grounded in our faith, if we're grounded in our relationship with the Lord, if he is truly the one who is giving us life and not just life for eternity, but sustaining our daily walk by his spirit now. And giving us the power to overcome sin and overcome the the things that come to us as men. And we're seeing his strength at play. That is foundational to a man doing every other thing that a man gets to do as a Christian man. You know, marriage becomes doable at that place. And so when I see Giant Five, that relationship with the Lord being primary, secondary, is my wife truly my number one priority outside of my relationship with the Lord? maintaining, cultivating, nourishing, cherishing, you know, leading, being involved in that relationship from a practical application standpoint, not theoretical, not, oh yeah, I wish, but no, in a daily tangible way, this is, this is a second priority. Third, if I have been given children, you know, am I investing in them? Do I see those 
little souls as my primary ministry outside my marriage. And the first work that the Lord is calling me to, to do in walking with them. And as Deuteronomy 6 says, you know, just sharing the truth and love of God's word as you rise up, as you sit down, as you walk along the way, and as you go through life's moments, that being that third priority. Fourth, taking care of your health and wellness. And I know I, I, I hit on these things so often because they're so real to me because I've lost that before. And I found myself un, ineffective in the other things I felt like the Lord was calling me to do. So am I maintaining that? And then work comes fifth for me. And that framework of giant five priorities, work and work, believe it or not, is ministry other than my home life ministry of marriage and family and the things the Lord has called me to do in that space. So everything else, if I'm a pastor, work is number five, giant priority, five priority for me. If I'm called to the mission field, if I'm called to marketplace uh, to be an entrepreneur or real estate, work in real estate as you are, or whatever it is, uh, that's where those are. So that framework for me has probably been the single biggest uh, difference maker because when things aren't right and things often get out of whack, I can sit down and revisit what is it that I think the Lord has called me to and say, Lord, where am I with you and on a scale of one to 10 and, and evaluate that. And I can walk through all those priorities and do that same thing. So if I have that mental construct, I find if young men can grab a priority list that is meaningful to them and they can order their world around that, it serves as a framework for uh, so much to come and so much blessing on top of that and a stabilizing effect when the tempest and the, and the trials come. So that to me probably has been the core of, of you know, that season of life being uh, intentional and meaningful. Hmm. That's so good. And, you know, I identify, I think, very closely with so many of your giant five, if not all of them. You know, I, I feel like my giant five is, is pretty, pretty much exact to yours. But like you said, it's so easy to say that in word, but yes, really start living it out when you actually, you construct your schedule around that and you yes. start spending your money accordingly and you spend your time accordingly. And ultimately you put your money where your mouth is at with that because, you know, as a, as a Christian person, you know that the most important thing in your head, you know, the most important thing is God to love the Lord, your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Right. After that, you're able to you know, pour into your wife and your children and so forth. So what are some practical things that you've done in your life to make that a reality? Such a great question, Elisha. Again, you know, you mentioned it so well, how we spend our time tells everything, how we spend our resources tell everything. Um, on a practical note, you know, there's a book I read and it's not by a believer, but it was a miracle morning concept. And it just talked about the power of something we all know, which is just how do I maximize my day? And what is an ideal day look like? Because our life is really not made up of years or decades, even those, you know, those slip up on us. They're made up of just single solitary days. All I had was today. And so what is my intentionality around that day? And what are my true priorities with that day? And what am I doing with that? And the way to set up a, a structure in the morning of do I get up? And I used to immediately roll out of bed and I would struggle with doing my quiet time because I'm a little bit of a, a distractible person. And I think some of us are. Some can be very focused. My wife, Janice, I just admire her ability to, you know, just at any moment sit down and lock in and focus. 
I found for me to get up in the morning and immediately put on my running shoes is, is an act that immediately I go out on my run and I'm in this opportunity to be moving and praising and thanking the Lord. And I start my day with this simple routine. And it's crazy, but I think young men put off sometimes developing simple routines, structures, habits that serve as like foundational building blocks to powerful execution in other areas of their life. But when I'm done with this physical activity and my body has been kind of uh, decompressed and I've been praising the Lord and thanking him, or maybe I'm listening to praise worship music, or I'm totally quiet, just enjoying being in his presence. I come back and I open his word and it says, thy word, if I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you, the word, the word, the living word being washed by it daily in a simple way. And for me, it's funny. I hear you talk on your podcast guys. And I heard Katie talk about memorization and the role that that plays in kind of her quiet time. And it's, I, I tend to have a similar mindset that that is a simple structure that somehow allows me to meditate on God's word more and more frequently. When I read, I just read, I tend to be goal oriented and I start to go for volume and it's so <laughs> weird. I'm like, well, I read three chapters or I read, you know, the book of Romans. And instead for me to memorize, it's just, it's a way of me marinating on God's word. And you sit there and say, you know, in those little structures, I've said, my relationship with the Lord, you're important. My health is important. And I've combined these simple routines as a part of way of setting off my day. And, and it's crazy, Elisha, but one of the most practical things ever is the very first thoughts in moment that enter my head in the morning. I'm doing a lot of reading right now around what the scripture says about our heart, our minds, and what we think about. It's always been a deep study of mine. And I'm reading what books are coming out by even Christian authors that are taking neuroscience and, and, and uh, our practical application saying what happens when we think. And it's Romans 12 too, how we renew our mind. And the first thought I want to have every single morning, and has been the case now for several years, is thank you, Lord. And it's three simple words. Thank you, Lord. And then I get a fill in the blank. For what? Okay, because I don't even know when I, when I wake up, because I used to wake up with a little anxiety, a little overwhelm, a little bit of the, the fear of not knowing the day. And I find that even with those first thoughts upon waking, to, to take captive my thoughts and say, thank you, Lord, the first thought. And then I get to say, wow, that I'm alive and I can get out of bed, that I'm healthy, that I have a wonderful bride you know, next to me here. And I can start going on and the list goes on and on. But Elisha, the answer to me is practically speaking, it's simple structures and habits that become a part of the fabric of your life that support those bigger priorities that I have. Mm. And I can go on. There's a mini. Sure. Yeah. I love the thanking the Lord from the beginning because then you're, you're, you have to activate your brain into for, for what? Yes. So you say, you just, you just mechanically say the words. Yes. Thank the Lord. Sometimes yes. it probably feels mechanical, I should say. Absolutely. And then you have to start processing, what am I thankful for? And That's right. And there is a psalm, isn't, isn't there? Or there's a verse, Psalm 100. It? Yeah, is it? We will Many enter, of them. Yeah, we will enter the gates with thanksgiving and his presence with praise. Yes. I love that we really get to enter into his gates with that thanksgiving. It's almost like that brings us into his presence. Amen. Hey, thank you. Amen. 
I'll tell you what you hit on to me, the best offense and defense as a godly man is literally that he has painted the picture of how we abide in his presence through praise and thanksgiving. And again, some moments, there's no time to run. Okay. Some days I get up and I catch a plane at four 30. I get up, I put on my shoes, I go to the airport, but I can still start with praise and thanksgiving and be in the mindset of I am in your presence, Lord, and I'm walking with you today. And the number one thing for me is staying there in that place mm-hmm. and, you know, and abiding in him. Cause he, again, I, I seek him first in his kingdom and his righteousness, everything else he'll add unto me. Um, so yeah, I love that way to start the day. I love that. I think that sometimes we can, I know I definitely can think, oh, if it doesn't look a certain way, then I can't do it at all. Instead of the goal being to enter his presence, that's why we get in his word to start with. That's why we pray. It's, it's, those are ways to enter his presence. And like you said, on those busier days or when life doesn't go just how we planned it out, we can still enter his presence. And I love that. I think for years, to be honest with you, Katie, I struggle with a lot of guilt um, that I had kind of associated with the perfect day requires a perfect quiet time. Hmm. Uh, it requires a perfect schedule that has a super routine that is has a, the right amount of time to do all these things. And I know as a young daddy or as a young mama, you know, sometimes you were up all night and and you're you're just not on that perfect rhythm of a schedule being awesome. But it does not mean we can't abide in his presence renew our minds as we go. You know, it's, it's not formulaic. It's about our relationship and our hearts being towards him, mm-hmm. you know, in the moments. Yeah. Okay. You go ahead. You were, you were deep breathing harder than I was. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I want to ask, you know, I guess, I guess a question once again, coming from a place where I'm currently at and that's mm. as, as a husband and as a new father, um, a father of three children and wanting to thrive in my profession and, you know, I've heard you use the term a go-to guy or a go-to man. Mm-hmm. I know I want to be that for mm-hmm. my wife, for my children, for my clients, for mm-hmm. my boss, for people in my community and in my church. Because I know, I think there's been a few times even in Katie and I's marriage where I felt this almost, um, this guilt because Katie maybe didn't feel comfortable coming to me first if she mm-hmm. had a hardship or if she had a problem. And I thought, no, I want to be that guy. I want to be the go-to guy mm-hmm. in my marriage. Mm-hmm. And, and I know that's something that you desire in your life and that you've, you know, you've experienced, but how could you speak to a, a man, you know, a young man that wants to become the go-to guy mm-hmm. in whatever area of life? I love that question. And it's one, again, I'm thinking a lot about um, as, as I get a little older and as I'm raising these children that I still have in our home, you know, around our table now, I still have Kate, uh, Caroline at 18 and Kimberly at 13, uh, sorry, Kim, Kimberly is at 17 next week on the, or on the 24th of August, you know, K- Chloe's 14, uh, Barrington's 13, Bentley's nine and Cordy's seven. And we're sitting around the table and I sit there and, and, and I think of what is it the things the Lord has done in my life that has, has changed me the most, that has molded me and shaped me. And because, you know, we're, we're these lumps of clay, the scripture says that he wants to mold and shape into vessels that he can use and, and, and to be useful and to be capable is to be confident in so many situations. And for men, I know a lot of men um, we struggle with confidence. We want to be more confident as believer leaders in our home. 
We want to be more confident as spiritual leaders. We want to be more confident in the way that we love our wives and, and lead our homes. And, and, and we want to be more confident in parenting, you know, and, and, and it's weird because I look at the, uh, Proverbs 31 and we always think of it as that chapter for women. And it's true. Godly women are extolled in that passage. But there's a, a passage, I think it's verse 23, maybe, of that passage. It talks about her husband, you know, he sits at the gate, you know, and he helps lead with the elders of the land. And the concept there is that he's a guy that people are going to for counsel, for wisdom, for instruction, for, for encouragement, for, um, for whatever it is that they need. And Elisha, it's so fascinating because I'm convinced some of the mindsets that have changed me the most and made me more useful have been, how can I be a go-to guy? And around marriage, the mindset that has served me the most, and it's funny because I think there's different mindsets at different times that the Lord really will put on my heart, right? And themes, but one he's been putting on my heart a lot is, is in my marriage, am I a marriage investor? Hmm. Okay. I'm convinced that marriage investors become go-to guys in their own marriage and they become the go-to guys that people go to even outside of marriage, that people come to them because they realize that there's something going on there. If you think about it, anytime you see someone bearing fruit in an area of their life, it is attractive to us Mm -hmm. because we're drawn to fruit. We're Mm -hmm. drawn to testimony. We're drawn to real um, evidence-based results. And so to me, if I want to be that guy in any area, I need to be you know, an investor, you know, you look at business owners or you look at uh, people of, of wealth, maybe, and you sit there and go, well, my situation isn't very financially good. So I'm going to go see that individual because he has invested and he's reaping the fruit. So that to me is a mindset that a go-to guy has is I'm an investor. And I ask, you know, you, I ask your audience, do you see yourself as a marriage investor? We can see ourselves as husbands. We can see ourselves as, you know, I'm a daddy. Are we, do we, but are we a parent who's an investor? And if so, what kind of investments are we making? Um, what would, what would you say are the investments you've recently made in those things that are the most important to you? Because if you're investing all the time, if you're truly have this intentionality around making deposits into those things that you want to be a go-to guy, it changes everything. And I mean, it can change in a moment. I know that I lose focus at times and we get distracted with the busyness of life and, and bills and things pulling at us and opportunities and ministry and children and sick, you know, whatever life throws stuff at us moving. You guys just went through a move. All these things can have you lose your bearing and immediately a way to refocus my thinking is to say, okay, how am I investing? What am I investing in? And how do, how is that showing up in practical ways? So to me, a go-to guys and investing guy. Hmm. I love that so much. Just picturing it from my perspective too. That's such an easy mindset to help jumpstart action. Yes. Because in thinking of confidence, action almost always creates confidence and when I'm insecure in an area, it's really hard to take that first step of action. Yeah. And so I love how that mindset just boils it down to, okay, invest. What can yes. I invest in? How can I put a deposit into yes. our marriage bank? How can I put a deposit into 
my bank with my children. Yes. And I just love how simple that is. Yes. Yeah, we'll put you in. Go ahead, Elisha. Well, I was going to say, it doesn't give you this expectation of, I need a payout right now. I need to go get the return on my investment right now. Yes. You're making the investment. So it's so interesting because confidence is a byproduct. Being an elder at the gate or being a go-to guy is actually a byproduct of actions taken previous. And that's exactly what you said. It puts you in the place of being able to act on the thing that you feel called to see uh, made known in your life and the, the thing the Lord has put in your heart. And it puts you in the driver's seat of being able to take the first step. And, and to me, that's all it is. My marriage is healthy when I am in the driver's seat of how do I invest in, in my wife right now? And that could happen just like that. I mean, right now I can start investing. Hmm. Hmm. You know, it's interesting because I think it was just a few days ago, I felt like the go-to guy to Katie in a very clear way. And it's remarkable how much, I guess I should say how empowering that was to feel that way. Um, and Katie, I didn't even t talk to you about this, but it was a few nights ago and it was a late night. And, and as most of our listeners know, we've just gone through a move. I'm starting a new job and we still have a newborn in the house. And, um, and there was kind of a culmination of all those things that led us to, to feeling a little bit overwhelmed, you know, and yeah. like sleep. <laughs> normally. So, yeah. Right. So, yeah. and it was a late night and we were getting to bed at, you know, after midnight and in the middle of a conversation, Katie and I were trying to plan the next day. And Katie simply said, Hey, I really need you tomorrow morning. She just hmm. said, I really need you here tomorrow morning. And it's crazy how that took care of kind of, it, it simplified things so clearly in my brain. And that next morning when the alarm went off, it was so easy to get out of bed and to help the kids get out of bed and to help them get breakfast because Katie made it clear to me that I'm the guy, I'm the go-to guy. Mm. Right? He was feeling mm. maybe a little bit desperate. Mm. Run down, <laughs> maybe a little bit. And mm. I was the guy. And so yeah. I'm curious, you know, and Katie, I, I guess I'm asking you as well. Um, but Chad, how can I think a spouse maybe make their, you know, their husband, how can a wife make their husband feel like the go-to guy? Yeah, that was something I was going to ask too, because in thinking of Proverbs 31, that is about a woman in a lot of ways. And I'm thinking, I've, I've thought about this a lot. If her, my husband sits in the gates, that is in the context of talking about a, a really incredible woman, that I, like the ideal Amen. woman, right? So I think that like by using deductive reasoning or whatever, she somehow contributes him sitting in the gates. Absolutely. And so I'm curious. Yeah. Like so if you're a woman, how can you contribute to your husband becoming that go-to wow. guy? Maybe not even in your marriage, but in your marriage as in your family in business mm -hmm. and have wow. other respect him as well. That's, that's such a profoundly important question. And it's absolutely true in the context of that passage, no doubt about it. There's, <clears throat> and it's funny because I know for a fact that God has allowed me to be in the, in the, in the little place that I am today because of the bride and support he brought in the form of your mama. And, and, and so this, the, the question, the question is perfect. And here's my thoughts. First of all, as a young mama or a wife, the ability to know your husband. Um, and it's interesting because and I say no, I mean really understand and seek to know who he is in his God-given strengths, unique abilities, giftings, first of all, but also in the sense of knowing his weaknesses 
knowing his temperament, knowing his insecurities, his fears, the ability to truly know your husband and to be able to support him in staying true to the things that God has called him to. I can't tell you how many times a word of encouragement, right, um, from a wife, um, in my case, my Janice, knowing what I'm called to do and who I am. Because guys, we get, we get beat up. And wives, your husbands get beat up in the marketplace by circumstance, by fear, by overwhelm, whatever. And the, the, oh, an encouraging word can go so far, it's unbelievable. Knowing their love language, literally becoming the student of them. Hey, what is it? Is it words of affirmation that are going to fuel my man? Is it? If so, I can write that note and, and be that encouraging word. Is it an act of service? Is it you know, a gift or a thoughtful uh, show, showing that way? Is it physical touch? Knowing those practical things and executing on them in an intentional way. I want to give you a little example. This week, again, I'm not really good sometimes. Um, I often love with my own love language, right? I start to, you know, I always start from my own. I like words of affirmation. So I give Janice tons of words of affirmation. I mean, far more than she ever would need, right? I just bury her in words of affirmation. But acts of service is her number one love language. And we were going to the airport and she's flying back to see Kyla and, and um, our other daughter in Kentucky um, and, and her husband, Adam, in their new home. And her earring fell on the ground as we're going to the airport. And we had about 20 minutes to spare. And it was so funny because... I could see in her eyes, she had this like, oh man, I really wanted to wear this. Acts of services are love language. I mean, the Lord speaks to me finally. Hey, Chad, you have an opportunity here to, to act on her behalf and make a small deposit. Literally pulled over, got some super glue in there in the car. I fixed her earring. We hung it up. She, it was the most, it was, it was crazy because the impact on her was unbelievable. Her impact on me and those little things that we can do to to say, hey, I believe in you. I know where you're at. I know you're hurt. I know your pain. I know your strengths. I'm going to help keep you in your strengths. Uh, it makes all the difference in the world. So to me, knowing them and being able to support them and keeping them in their strengths. Well, I love that. And as you said, that whole, um, you know, your husband gets beat up in the marketplace or just by his own mentality sometimes. Absolutely. I just had this picture of like, okay, your husband's like going out to battle. Yeah. world and life and sometimes his own mind. And yeah. how often am I, I just like had this mental picture, I guess, of him, of Elisha coming home. And am I like building him back up and sending him back out into battle going like, you got this, you can do this, go, go get him. Or is he coming home and it's battle at home? That's so come good. home and I tear him down more and I remind him of his weaknesses. And like, it honestly makes me emotional to just picture like, I just want, like, as you said that, like our home to be a safe place. I want to be a safe place for my husband. I want Elisha to know that when he comes home, I believe in him and I'm building yeah. him up and he doesn't just come home to another battlefield. Another battlefield. Wow. That's good. Kate, it's a beautiful picture. And again, I don't think you as a young wife, can even imagine the power you have in the life of your husband. I think that passage is so correct because you see a guy who's being a go-to guy. I can promise you behind and supporting and with him is a go-to woman who's, who's on her knees, who's, who's seeking to uh, love her, respect her man, and build him up 
and be the support to him and shoot him out flying down the highway. And I want to tell you this from the very moment in mama, you know, your mama, <laughs> Denise's and my marriage, I knew she had my back. I knew she was there for and with me. I knew that we were completely aligned in our quest to, that the Lord had called us to, and we were going to get there together. And there was never a, a doubt for a moment that, that she was for me and she had me and she was doing everything in her power to, to s- help set me up for that success. No doubt about it. Hmm. Well, that's powerful. Mm-hmm. Man, well, I mean, I love everything we've talked about. This is a, from a very selfish standpoint, you know, I'm speaking to where you're speaking to things that are so important to me, you know, that are on my heart and that Katie and I are in the middle of living yeah. right now. And I know that's the case with many of our listeners. And so I do think that this is a, a, a an applicable and a pertinent message. And Chad, we talked a little bit about the, in the introduction about an event that you have coming up, the Academy. And I shared briefly about how this is, this has been one of the more impactful events in my life. It's just a, a two day, it's a weekend, you know, two nights, a weekend event that you put on and uh, you weren't able to do it last year, but you are going to be able to do it this year in October. And I don't know if you could give just kind of a, a quick synopsis of what's going to transpire at the Academy this year. Elisha, I absolutely would love to. It's fun for me to hear that it's been meaningful to you because I'll tell you what, it's one of the greatest weekends um, of my life to be there each and every year. The Lord's allowed us to put this on. And as you said, it's a simple construct of bringing men together to build them up in the things that matter most to men Um, and men of faith, men of Christian men, godly men, men who want to lead in both their relationship with the Lord, they want to lead in their marriages. They want to be intentional as fathers. They want to be intentional in their role in the marketplace. Um, they want to be someone who's constantly growing. And so we literally bring them in Friday afternoon. They spend Friday evening, like you said, all day Saturday, Saturday night, and Sunday till about noon. And it's a it's it's something I guess I built for me. You know, when I think back to being a young married guy, uh, man. I wanted something like this. I wanted a place where I could go, where I could just find myself surrounded with like-minded men who are going to be iron sharpening iron in my life. And that the priorities that I had in my life were going to be reinforced. I would be challenged in my thinking that I would be asked to kind of reevaluate where I've believed some lies and have my mind renewed according to truth. Um, that I would go away with some new tools that actually allowed me to apply um, what I was had learned over the weekend in an ongoing way so that I could see transformation over time. I don't want it to be just kind of a peak weekend, uh, uh, some adrenaline, some rah-rah, a little inspiration, and people find themselves lost in the weeds, you know, six weeks later. Mm-hmm. But I hope there's an opportunity. Um, and I think that's been the, the, the testimony of men in the past, that it's a powerful weekend to be re- um, to be renewed in your vision um, that you've had probably all along, but that the world is not reinforcing. And often, even in church or in fellowships, they're talking to a broader audience. They're not talking to to men specifically. They're not talking to, to men in these areas in a really open, transparent way, vulnerable way. And I share um, there the good, the bad, and the ugly of what the Lord has taught and is teaching me. Um, other men you know, such as yourself that are there, they speak into the lives of one another. Um, and so 
to me, it is just, and, and yes, it's physical. I, I, I'm a physical guy. I, there's a, always a little bit of a physical element, um, but that's not the focus. It's, it's really about truly, I think, having men come, come away with a fresh new perspective and built up in, the, in their mind and heart and, and re, renewed in their faith and believing that, hey, you know what? This vision that I kind of dreamed up at some point or that the Lord has placed on my heart, it, it can be a very real reality. And I just, I want that message to ho- of hope to go out because I know there are a lot of young men, especially at your age and stage, Elisha, there's a lot coming at you. Mm-hmm. I mean, I remember those days so much. Um, there are so many challenges of learning and growing and being new as a father and a husband and learning um, roles in the marketplace, financial challenges of growing and budgeting and figuring all those things out. And we just kind of take all of that life stuff and say, hey, here's some key things that, that can hopefully give you a shortcut. Um, hopefully you can take some wisdom and skip over some of the years of, of mistakes that I've made, mm-hmm. you know, and see some of those fruits uh, and some of the blessings of, of God you know, working in those areas um, abundantly applied earlier in, in marriage. So that's really what it is. And, and I just, I haven't failed to see the Lord show up in a powerful way. He says, where two or three are gathered in his name, he's in our midst and it's him we want to glorify. And so when he comes, um, his spirit is there and we just get touched by him and go away, I think, better equipped. Uh, for what he has for us. Well, I love too that anytime you share something, Daddy, I feel like you're so inspirational and motivational. You share really big picture concepts that help with mindsets, but then you also share such practical tools. And I remember, you know, being 18, 19 years old, helping you like stuff workbooks and come (laughs) up with tools and stuff like that. But I do think it's cool that you have the guys to like think through practical things while they're there. You mentioned not having it just be a high, high weekend, you know, but carrying it into life because I've seen that since Elisha and I've gotten married, we pull out his old academy notebooks, yeah. like the stop, go, grow concept. You yeah. should at an academy and we're able to look back at those notes mm-hmm. and what he thought out and it's helped keep us on track in our marriage. And in I love our- that. Big together, <laughs> like not just Elisha. So I think that's cool too, that it's, it's like a time for guys to like think through stuff practically too. Yes. You know what? We use what we call a workshop format. So there's a lot of, there's less coaching from the front, more doing the work of thinking through exercises and writing and then breaking into small groups and discussing um, insights and getting, you know, wisdom from one another. So it's, it is a different format, but it really increases, I think, the learning and the applicable, you know, the application when you get back home. Yes, that's good. I know I'm thoroughly excited to be there in attendance this year. Um, yeah, it's awesome. Just, it's just such a great time, like you said. You know, it's it's. Um, I guess this is something that's for just for anybody that wants to grow, and I, and I think that so often when it comes to investing into your marriage or or making an, a very intentional decision to go to a marriage retreat or to go to a workshop, oftentimes people think, well, my marriage is fine. I shouldn't go. And I think that as a man, especially with pride and ego, you think, well, I'm doing fine. Like I don't need to spend a full weekend going somewhere, but I, I just really, I know for myself, this isn't for people that are messed up. This is for people that are, no. that are wanting to grow and that's really that's it. racks. And so if yes. you want to grow, if you want to continue to grow in the admonition of the Lord in your profession, in your marriage as, as a father, 
this is just a place of growth. And there's so few opportunities throughout the year where you're able to really devote time to growing in the areas that are most important to you and God. So I just, I'm so excited about this opportunity. Yeah. And where can people go if they want to register, they want to find the dates? I know it's in October, yes. right? Um, yes. What are the dates? What are the details? And where can people go to register and find out more? All righty. They can go to theacademy.com. And that's literally, it's like an academy, but with an H after the C. Okay, the Academy, and there's a long story behind how that got, you know, that crazy name, but we'll sell it some other time. But it's theacademy.com, and the dates are October 4th, 5th, and 6th, which you will see are a Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And uh, like I said, it starts Friday evening. It's in Bend, Oregon, um, and we'll get that address, and everything is there on the website. Um, if you register before September 1, which is, you know, three weeks away, um, it's $199. If you register after that date, it's two forty nine, um, and it's super important that you hear this part. If you are at a place where you sit there and go, "This is something I, I, I got to be there," and it's critical for you, please read the section on the website about scholarships because I really mean this. This is something the Lord has put on our heart to do, and any man that feels called to be there should be there, and I don't want money to stand in the way of that. Okay, so. There's kind of multiple ways to get there. But if um, you go to the website, it's all there, all the information spelled out. And we're super excited about having you register. Also, I do want to just mention that that includes meals and it's like a camp out, right? It's, so that's not lodging. Like you aren't having to take care of your own lodging, your own meals. This is for guys. You made it. Yes. So I better I better see really. <laughs> it's, it's, it's as simple as literally have a pulse and show up and everything else is taken care of. When you say lodging, guys, this is man camp and we build durability into the program. So it <laughs> is not glamour, uh, glamorous. It's not luxury. It's not pampering. There will be no spa, you know, uh, sessions. So yeah, it's not, it's fairly primitive, but it's, it's, it's fun. It's really fun. Absolutely. Right on, Chad. Well, thank you so much for taking time out of your day. This has been, I mean, from a personal level, this has been fun for Katie and I just because we missed you. We were talking this I afternoon know, about how much we miss seeing you. Miss you know, you. we're two states away from each other now, and, and uh, we miss you and Janice and all the kids. But we know that the Lord's just working in your family mightily and in your life, and he's doing the same in our life. And it's just so cool that we still get to be poured into by you. You know, yes. you still pour into our lives, even though we're not we're not close in, as close in proximity. Um, and so we're really grateful with you just taking this time to pour into our lives as well as our listeners' lives. Well, thank you again for the privilege of being, being related to you. First of all, I'm so proud of you and grateful for you too. I can't even tell you. It is just, the scripture says I have no greater joy than to know that my children walk, into truth, walk in truth and to see you raising little Leon and Lucy and little Lewis now and the nurture and anatomist of the Lord. I tell you what, you guys have thrilled me as a father more than I could ever say. And just blessed beyond measure to, to, to know you and so grateful for the ministry he's put on your heart to encourage others. It's just, it just thrills me. So thank you all very much. Yeah. Well, I love you so much and we will um, hopefully see you soon. I hope so too. That's right. Blessings guys. October. Thank you. Chad. Sounds great. You bet. Bye-bye. 